With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Reckless speculation. Uh, that's right. Reckless speculation happens not once but twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, with our guy, Scoop Master Darren Doogie Wolfson from Channel 5 Eyewitness News. And, of course, the Scoop Podcast on Score North. Judd and Declan with you as well. And, Dukes, let's get right to it. I have a very simple question for you. Um, and it's based off of a text I got from you uh, on Saturday night. Did Chris Finch, for the time being, save his job as coach of the Timberwolves with the win over the Denver Nuggets on Monday night at Target Center? That was a fun game last night, Judd. I was there, brought the family, the way they moved the ball, the, well, the way they helped on defense. That was encouraging. In terms of Chris Finch's job security, Glenn Taylor is still in charge. Glenn wasn't thrilled to have to pay Tom Thibodeau until Tom landed with the Knicks. Even Ryan Saunders had to be paid off for the year that he sat out. I have zero sense that Glenn Taylor is willing to cut a big fat check to kick Chris Finch to the curb. This is not all on Chris Finch. Now, the way they played on Saturday, the way they played in Miami eight days ago, very troubling. The fact that earlier this season, Chris Finch has alluded to effort issues. Mm -hmm. That is a bad reflection on himself, the rest of the coaching staff. All right, so there have been effort issues more than those two games in the last eight days. But I'm just telling you, Judd, Chris Finch isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Now, if the entire season goes sideways, if they somehow miss the play-in, which even after last night's win, you look at those Western Conference standings, now, you would think maybe somebody falls out, like maybe Utah. Like, does Utah fall off a cliff at some point? Does Utah make a transaction or two mm -hmm. to secure its lottery chances? That would be something I'll be curious to see play out. But, like, some good team, right? I mean, we can debate whether the Wolves are good or not. But some team that's hovering around 500. I know the Wolves are a few games below 500. But some team that will end up with, 38, 39, 40, 41, maybe 42 over 500 wins, 43 wins, maybe even, I don't think maybe quite that much, but some relatively decent team, maybe good is too strong, but some relatively decent team is going to finish 11th place in the Western Conference, thus miss the play. And so if that happens, maybe we have a different conversation come April. But as I sit here with you on January 3rd, Happy New Year, by the way. I think I'm still within the threshold of willing of being able to to wish you guys Happy New Year. I think I have it's like a, a week. It's it's a curb episode. I know it's a curb. Yeah, I know it's a Larry yeah, yeah. David. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I think I'm good until like January seventh or eighth. So I still have a few days. I can wish you a Happy New Year on Thursday as well for Reckless Speculation Thursday. But as I sit here on January third, my sense is Chris Finch is in zero trouble. 
All right. Um, post game after the loss to the Pistons, which and by the way, for those who don't know, the Pistons are trying to lose at every opportunity. They are awful. Okay. Uh, Nas Reed was asked after that game if it was a mystery to the players why this team is underachieving so badly. And here's his quote: "Not, not really. We know, we know, we know why. And you know, I'm gonna kind of keep that in house, but we know why. That's why I said before. I feel like we can change this. We know we can change it. So we just got to buy into things that we know." That's pretty cryptic. Uh, what are you hearing about what's going on with the, this team? And do you have a- any sense to try to untangle the mystery of what Nas Reed might be referring to? Well, yeah, my sense is it goes deeper than, you know, them being a bad rebounding team. Right. Them being a bad transition defensive team. It goes beyond on the court, although the on the court issues bleed off the court. There's definitely been some finger pointing in that locker room. I had heard that Anthony Edwards hasn't been real happy. Now, hopefully happy after last night. D'Angelo Russell, some finger pointing going in that direction. Like, Judd, is it just a coincidence? I get it's a one-game sample size, but they play really well last night. They moved the ball incredibly well, and D'Angelo Russell didn't play. Also, Really? D'Angelo Russell is sick coming off that players-only meeting? I'll just put it this way, because Rudy Gobert was battling an illness, so we get it. It's that time of the year. Illnesses are absolutely out there. But I'll just tell you, my tentacles are up on that one. All right? I'll I'll leave it at that for right now. Maybe I can dig further. Maybe I can go deeper on Thursday. On Russell, yeah. But just something seems amiss there. Well, didn't also, Dukes, I saw um, Jace Frederick asked Finch about the rotation now, and now that you're winning, like, are are other guys potentially, could they be in and out of the rotation? And that also kind of, again, put the tentacles up of, hey, now, if he has an illness, obviously, he's sick, it's that time of year, but also, the players that are helping them win, and when you're losing six straight games and you break a win streak against one of the best teams in the NBA... You might have a little bit of a flukiness nature there, but also Finch is probably going to buy into the players that help them get a big win and look a lot more competent through four quarters. Yeah, I mean, there were stretches last night, Declan, where two two-way guys were on the floor, right? Luca Garza, Matt Ryan. And frankly, Garza deserves run right now. He's limited on the defensive end, but he absolutely can help you on the offensive end. Nathan Knight had some good moments last night. Nathan Knight, deserves run right now so yeah what happens when Nas Reed you know some back issues but it's not like he's far away what happens when Nas Reed is good to go well to me Nas needs to be in the rotation there was one game a few weeks ago where he was out but for the most part Nas Reed needs to be in the rotation Rudy Gobert was just okay last night now his plus minus was negative all the other starters were positive some foolish fouls But I'll tell you what, like late in the game, Jamal Murray drives to the hoop, ends up stepping out of bounds because Gobert came over, and whatever Jamal was going to do, Gobert impacted that. He can make an impact in subtle ways like that that don't necessarily show up in the box score. But, hey, Walker Kessler could be doing the same thing, right? I mean, the trade has been a disaster. It just has been. We've been talking about that. It's what it is. I mean, and I don't know if it's going to change significantly over the next year or two. This sort of is who Gobert 
is. All right. And a reminder in the summer, I was pro swinging for the fences. Maybe not this move in particular, but I understood the logic behind trying to go for it. I did. Now, should they have gone for DeJounte Murray or somebody else, Miles Turner? Yeah, okay. Right now, we can sit here and say, yes, they made a mistake going all in and go there. But I just want to remind people because they can throw it back in my face saying, hey, Dukes, didn't you tell us in July you were pro the trade? I was pro understanding the logic behind it. I also said it was an incredibly easy yes for Danny Ainge, right? Like if you were Utah, you didn't need to hesitate, even though you really wanted Jaden McDaniels. That'd be another thing, Declan. Like Jaden McDaniels, you can run plays for him. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily run plays for him, but it's time to run some plays for him. There's enough offensive game there. So that is a tweak that I would like to see that I wouldn't be shocked to see moving forward, getting Jaden more involved on the offensive end. So Duke, just to probe down a little bit more on, on the chemistry here. Um, are we talking players are potentially more upset at Finch and what he's doing, or or is the actual friction between players in in that room, and that's what's causing some problems that Nas is talking about? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I do. Okay, it's more the I don't the think players. it's the former. Yep. Yep, more, Great. more the players. That's why, you know, with the trade deadline now, just over a month away, I mean, the trade deadline is fast approaching – You know, you start to wonder, is there a move out there? Now, you need to be careful because while I don't see D'Angelo Russell on this roster next year, who is this team's starting point guard? Are you better off using Russell this summer in a sign and trade compared to making a move right now? Like, do I think deep down Miami has legitimate interest, the trade I brought up a couple weeks ago, swapping Kyle Lowry? For D'Angelo Russell, do I think Miami would have genuine interest in such a move? Yes, I do. If you're the Wolves, for the short term, would Kyle Lowry help more? Probably. Mm -hmm. He's also on the hook next year. It's an option, but he's got the hammer on it. At nearly $30 million. He's 37 years old with an injury history. Kyle Lowry of six, seven years ago, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry right now? No thanks. I would hope that there's a better move to be made than that one. But, like, if Tim Connolly wanted D'Angelo Russell here long-term, he would have signed him already to a contract extension. You can read between those lines that there's just not the interest. Trust me, that camp has pushed at different points for, hey, let's get a nice contract extension done. Mm -hmm. The Wolves have not pushed back with legit interest on that front. That tells you all you need to know. But I'm just saying, you know, we can debate one game sample size, just not enough, but we can certainly have the conversation that the way the ball moved last night in that win over the Nuggets, it hasn't moved like that in quite some time. I don't think it moves like that if Russell plays. What's the time uh, table now on the potential return of Carl Anthony Towns? Are we getting? I'm told still several weeks. So, you know, I said it a while back that I thought he would be back. This month, well, this month might be January 28th, not January 10th. Now, injury timetables can be tricky, like Jordan McLaughlin. I'll turn that corner. So it was a grade one calf strain. Cat is a grade two, but McLaughlin grade one. He comes back a bit ago after being shut down for 7, 10, 11, 12 days, whatever the exact 
time frame was. It was in that vicinity. That's typical for a grade one calf strain. He comes back for a brief period. Now he is shut down again. Grade one calf strain. Mm -hmm. And it's still going to be a while on McLaughlin. So how exactly have they been treating it? Are there some question marks there? Like, these are more questions. I don't have deep insight on how exactly they're treating his calf injury, but it begs some questions. On Cat, it's just it's still going to be a bit. And if it happens to be longer than January, you know, that wouldn't shock me. But, like, he's not coming back next week. Like, I'm led to believe several more weeks. So I fully anticipate them not having Cat, not having McLaughlin for a bit. On Torian Prince, he should be back soon, but that's another one with the shoulder. He was supposed to be back weeks ago. So what exactly was taking place treatment-wise? I don't know. I just I have my own personal questions on that. But thankfully, for the Wolf's sake, because I do think Prince can be a difference maker for them in stretches, I think they miss his presence. So you want Torian Prince on the court. You know, he should be back relatively soon. He is doing activities on the court, so that is encouraging. Wolf sale. Where where do things stand on, on the eventual transition of power in the sale uh, that I believe we, we got a report last week from you, perhaps, that that um, it sounds like it's progressing, but the next payment's going to be made, I think, in March or April, not immediately. Yes, let me read verbatim what 80-year-old, or is he 81 now, Glenn Taylor, Texted me. Heck, Young and Glenn Taylor can text? Why can't my 73-year-old father-in-law text? Why can't he even embrace having an iPhone? He doesn't want an iPhone. Is this a this personal a flip phone? Like attack? Like, well, like does he watch love, this you're, like one after I right love now? My father-in-law, right? But All right, okay. When you call him, right? And I get it. Like there's only so many people he talks to on a daily basis. So if Good I have just one happened. quick thing to tell him, like, hey. Keaton's basketball game at Park Center High School on Saturday morning is at 10.10 a.m. There is no admission fee. It would be nice just to be able to text that, right? But I need to call him. Well, then there's 20 questions that pop from that, right? And then he's got an opinion on the wild. He's diehard wild, right? So it ends up being a 30-minute conversation, which, hey, I'm fine with, right? I lost my father now nine years ago, right? So. I should embrace having that sort of relationship with my father-in-law. But just on the occasion that I need to kind of be moving along, it'd be nice to be able to send him a text. So anyway, Glenn Taylor texted me the other day. Which day was it? On Thursday. Exercised option. So this would be Mark, Laurie, Alex Rodriguez. Exercised option. Asked for closing on March 28th. Okay. I agreed. So Glenn agreed with... Them throwing out, hey, can we push the date to March 28th for that next 20% payment? Then the next 20% payment would be due December of this year. But that next big chunk of money due late March. I am told Mark and Alex have brought on three investors, including a guy by the name of Mini Scoop. I was told this, although I should have checked with this guy. I've not tried to track this guy down, but I'll throw it out there. Maybe it fits more reckless speculation Thursday, but heck, what the what the heck? I'll throw it out there. Tuesday. George Hicks. I don't think anybody listening knows who the heck George is anyway. Former Cargill executive 
But anyway, I'm told he's one of three investors hopping in with Mark and Alex. So I'm led to believe with them acquiring these three investors that they'll find a way to come up with the money late March. Interesting stuff. So that, so there, the concern that m- might have existed a month ago or so has now waned a lot, I take it. so we're, Well, it's waned. I don't know how, how that's much what I was asking. Yeah. about a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, there's still question marks about Alex, right? You know, there's still question marks whether they can come up with that next 20%. But yes, for the next couple months, it's full steam ahead. They're no dummies. I mean, they're well aware after what the Phoenix Suns just sold for, how much of a sweetheart deal they have buying the Wolves and Link. So yes, right now it's full steam ahead. But hey, after March 28th, we'll still have some questions heading into December. All right, Vikings. Uh, offensive line appears to be a mess. Um, what? to, to... O'Neal has a calf, which, as we just talked about with Cat, is not good. Um, Bradbury might be back for the playoffs, but KOC didn't sound super optimistic about that. Schlotman is now done. Chris Reed tried to play center, but I don't think it worked well. Um, Is there scuttlebutt about the Vikings potentially trying to go sign a center or a tackle? Um, Because it certainly appears like the... Right side of the line right now might be Chris Reed, Ed Ingram, and Ole Udo. And that doesn't really, to me, sound like a right side of a line that can make a playoff run. Well, agree. But, like, who are you signing off the street that makes you feel better? Who is currently out there? That's so or, Who are you plucking from some other team's practice squad yep. where you would feel good? Like, there's nobody. Center really right. concerns me because Reed, I mean, yeah. Reed looked like a train wreck there. Correct. Right. And they have a center, Josh Sokol, on on the practice squad. I checked this morning, no steam on him being added to the 53 man. Okay. There was a guy that was with KOC with the Rams last year, last name Ryder, who's now with the Kansas City Chiefs on their practice squad. I'm told at least right now, no steam on that front. We saw the Vikings plucked the cornerback Barnes off the Dolphins practice squad a couple weeks ago. So they're fully capable of plucking somebody off someone's practice squad. I fully anticipate them adding at least one, if not two, offensive linemen in the next 24 hours. Unfortunately, I just don't have a specific name with with actual steam. On Bradbury, like that back is is jacked up. Like, and again, Judd, like we just touched on with Cat, these timetables can fluctuate you know the car accident certainly didn't help after the Colts game but he was doing some stuff in limited fashion in practice that Wednesday that Thursday or maybe it was that Tuesday Wednesday with a with a Saturday game nonetheless he was on the field doing some work heading into that Colts game well ends up missing the Colts game misses the Giants game misses the Packers game he's not going to play against the Bears could he be back for that first playoff game whether it's January 14th 15th 16th to be determined. I'm told. And stay in. Really tough guy. Like, they're not ruling him out right this second. But like, Dad, I texted you a month ago saying, hey, you might want to look into the possibility that Bradbury doesn't come back this year. So there was even talk of that before the car accident. So I just, I know it's been out there because I know the back has been really jacked up. Mm -hmm. But like, could he be back that first playoff game? He could be. Like, we just, we need more information, right? We're still at least 11 days out from that first playoff game. Heck, we don't even know with everything going on in the NFL right now, right? Like, is there a possibility of them postponing the games this weekend, just pushing everything back a week 
I mean, I don't know. Some people have thrown out that idea that it's going to be hard for players to play and take so the Super soon. Bowl to a week. All these teams yeah. are canceling their media availabilities today. The Vikings postponed an event with Harrison Smith tonight. Now, that may be more weather-related since it's snowing here in the Twin Cities. Right. But, like, teams are canceling their media sessions today. So, I'm just saying, I'm wondering about that. Is there any possibility that there are no games this weekend? Everything is just pushed back a week? Or maybe there's not the two weeks in between the championship game and the Super Bowl? That's what I was going to say. You could do that. So, I mean, I'm just wondering. So, if that buys Bradbury an extra week, potentially. You know, that would certainly help. On O'Neal, I'll tell you this on O'Neal. So somebody told me on Sunday that before he flew back here from Green Bay, he was telling some people that he was somewhat optimistic that it was not a catastrophic injury, but fully knew, hey, I need to undergo this MRI the next day. We won't know more until sometime Monday. Well, KOC on Monday said, you know, significant or severe. I forget how he termed it exactly, Judd. But it certainly sounds like it's it's a pretty severe injury. Now, is it a grade two calf strain, a grade three calf strain, or is it the Achilles, right? It's the torn Achilles. All right, yeah. that bleeds into next season. It's a grade two or grade three calf strain. That's many weeks. Grade two, more like, you know, four to six weeks. Grade three, more than that, which pretty much would end his season. But at least he would, in theory, be okay for next season. So that's another. I've texted somebody close to Brian who normally gets back to me and didn't get back to me on this one. And I said, hey, I hope it's not a torn Achilles, thinking, you know, he might just send back something, maybe even an emoji, something, you know, and and nothing. So if you want to read between the lines on the silence, go for it, I guess. But I just don't know if it's a torn Achilles or not. Okay, um, th- this is this is a reckless speculation Thursday question on Tuesday. Do you think there is any chance on the tackle position that the Vikings would put in a call to Andrew Whitworth, who is doing work for um, Amazon, uh, who looks like he has stayed in football shape, and who there was speculation last week that the Bengals might call on? Do you think there's any chance that the Vikings would touch base with his camp if they know for a fact that the O'Neill thing is likely season ending. Well, he's more a left tackle though, right? He is so who's tackle, playing yeah. right tackle? I mean, are you going to trust that he can come in and play right tackle? You probably would have to, yeah. Or That's are you why moving this is reckless. to the right side. Yeah, I mean, it is reckless. It's very. It's something I thought about though. I mean, I haven't dismissed. Yeah, you got to go there. You know, I mean, I thought about J.C. Treader as well, right? I mean, yeah. You know, are we sure that that he's completely done? Right. I mean, I even wonder if J.J. Watt is completely done. Right. I mean, Tom Brady changed his mind. Are we sure that J.J. Watt is completely done Gronk playing football? So, yeah, I mean, all these things have, have absolutely crossed my mind. I don't have any deep insight right this second on, on Whitworth outside of to acknowledge your brain and my brain are on the same wavelength, which might be frightening. Uh, you know what, though? It's frightening, but it's, but it's spot on. It's point, because you know what? Reckless speculation, Darren, as you often know, becomes reality because you dared to think about it. Okay, final scoops. What you got for us? All right. Well, so the Athletic had a note this morning about the Twins reaching out on Michael Waka, the best free agent starter available. Yes, there have been conversations. I'll confirm that. But guess what? The Twins also a few weeks ago had a conversation on Johnny Cueto. They're not signing Johnny Cueto. So, like, let's wait and see on Waka. 
I'll add on the Twins, there's due to be another conversation today on free agent outfielder A.J. Pollock. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere, but there's due to be another conversation today on Pollock. So the Twins are still planting seeds on these free agents. On Carlos Correa, the Twins firmly believe he is going to land with the Mets, that they are going to figure that out. There has been a conversation with his camp in the last handful of days. Okay, so the Twins are suggesting that we're not landing Correa based on some new intel that they have received. So bottom line, don't get your hopes up on any sort of possibility of Correa somehow after all this landing back here in Minnesota. But the Twins are still being active. Trade talks continue. There's plenty of teams interested in Max Kepler, the Rangers, the Yankees, the Marlins, the Rays. I'm sure more than that, I can still foresee a scenario where where Max Kepler is traded. So the work continues. The Twins are working this week. They took a couple days off for the holiday, but they are back trying to get some stuff done. But the fan base don't want to hear that, right? The fan base is sick of hearing, hey, the Twins were in on this guy, in on that guy. They want to see tangible action. So we'll react when something officially happens. But, you know, in terms of something that's actually happening, an A.J. Pollock conversation is due to happen later today. Awesome stuff, Dukes. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Okay, sounds good, boys. Take it easy.